0: You wanted the best, but well, they didn't fucking make it. So here's what you get. I don't care what Manson said. Rocking it tail, it's just to rehab. Tell not Ford, I'm gonna need a bed. Rocking it tail, it's just to rehab. Welcome. Rock's not dead. It's hiding. And you found it. Well done. Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to rip it up? Do you know what I'm talking about? Are you ready to trip it up? Are you ready to dance? Are you ready to hit the floor? Are you ready? Are you ready? Just if you're ready. I'm ready, man. Dick, 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 dick. Ah.
1: Welcome
2: to Cobras and Fire. Welcome back to Cobras and Fire, I should say. This is part two of our Old and Deep trilogy. We are doing a three parter. And you are in for a treat. Last episode, Baco and I broke down some great old and deep tracks from some of our favorite bands, some obscure, some known, some from random albums, from famous artists, etc. And it was just a great excuse to just go on some just random rants about various bullshit. It was a, our longest yet, it was a four hour session of just Friday night couple drinks and just, uh, oh, cathartic release of madness. Now, last episode was called Paul Stanley's Favorite Dinosaur, which we broke down the latest ridiculous stage rap from the great uh, paleontologist known as Paul Stanley. And this episode is called Born Again Wasp Meat Addiction. That is not a Rob Zombie title that is the episode, and that covers a lot of things that we talk about. I'm not going to break it down. I believe it is a mystery, but you know, if you haven't heard last episode, definitely go back. Do not continue on. Do not pass go. You will lose the plot. We featured great bands like the War Babies, Beastie Boys, Corrosion of Conformity, Saigon Kick, Imperial Drag, Dio, Golden Smog. Some you know, some you don't, just like this episode, but We are going to kick this episode off with a track that did not make the original cut, but hey, we don't play by the rules. We play whatever the fuck we want. So I am going to kick off this episode with one of them that qualifies as a deep track from the great social distortion with
0: Don't Drag Me Down.
2: All right everybody that was Imperial Dragnet with just the facts ma'am <laughs> so <laughs> is it my turn
3: yeah you would suck at radio man <laughs> thank you and hey, when you play it, it say it
2: <laughs> so anyway uh, we're not into facts and uh, accuracy
3: on this show are we sometimes <laughs> yeah we, we do our best
2: the best year of all time ever it was 1991 virtual feature half from 90 <laughs>
3: 89 and 93 fucking deal with it our brains our, our brains our brains are blenders <laughs>
2: that's right 91 ish so should we do, should do all right so back to me uh, so act act like uh, you're you're curious what I what I want to play
3: next go ahead all right so are we just kicking another song
2: yeah, this is live. We're we're not editing this out. Come on, play the game. Oh,
3: I, oh act like I'm curious. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, Lewis, uh what do you got for me? Let's. Uh, what's next? I, I can't. <laughs> I cannot wait. The, the the condensation on my pink butthole is gathering. And it needs to. I, I get
2: to say, I got to say, it can only be
3: dried by the next song.
2: <laughs> I'm getting more and more uncomfortable listening to your interviews with bands. I just have to tell you that.
3: They don't seem to be uncomfortable.
2: (laughs) Very, very, uh, like you say, it's very arousing, the conversation all the time.
3: (laughs) I actually think it's a nice icebreaker. It kind of (laughs) breaks it up and uh, And uh, down. They're
2: they're very amused by it. It's good because sometimes they're like, what is this guy? I like it because it's just exactly what the interviews on the show should be, and that's not the same standard bullshit. So you're just throwing some stuff that's kind of like, how far can I push this guy a little bit? How cool is he
3: to deal with me with, with, with asking these questions? Yeah, and I really haven't had anybody that's been kind of a dick or so. No,
2: no, no, it's good. It's
3: I'm going to keep it up.
2: Keep it up. Um, what do you got, Luz? Come on. All right, all right. So, you know. So, what do you ask here? <laughs> in my, also, in my formative youth, another album that stayed in my double cassette jam box, uh, along with Steelheart, was. Uh, just kidding. Just, what, it's what, it's what was your idea again? You were going <laughs> to just. Uh, for the t- year 10? Ten- Oh yeah. <laughs> what was your idea for uh to make it easy for your ten picks?
3: Well at the time it was only five, so I was gonna play side two of Steelheart.
0: <laughs> Which album?
3: The, Do they the have Steelheart the one, one? <laughs> I don't know, the one with that that
1: I never ever let you go.
3: Oh god. So we might
2: have to have that uh
3: That's an amazingly fun song to listen to, by the way. Is it really? I love it, yeah. Um almost for the, the shock factor of how I, that guy's
2: saying, <laughs> It is
3: so insane. What's it called? I'll never let you go. You, do, you
2: know, do, the... no, I, I, I there are certain bands that just have never, like, I, I always make jokes. Well, they only
3: have one pseudo hit, and it was towards the early 90s, so it kind of got buried. But you gotta check out the song I'll Never Let You Go. And I, oh man, I really wish we could listen to it together now. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I have an idea. Where he hits a high note, and you cannot believe how fucking high it is. Ah! And then right after that, it's skyrocketing. Ah!
2: start coming to your house <laughs> is that is it just as bad as the end of
3: uh shouted out by slaughter i would say no that
2: this
1: is
3: it's way higher um okay. but it, it's 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 more of a good hurt like you can almost you're almost <laughs> impressed embarrassed and aroused all at the same time all right well i'm gonna have to add, add it in post right now okay
2: <laughs> oh god i can't wait uh, and by the way, we we uh, I'll just let you uh, in on the inside, the, the creative background of Cobras and Fire. That is, we are in negotiations with a certain somebody to come on the show, to have him, this person, host his own selections. And I, I believe that the the ball busting will be just epic
3: on this episode. I hope, I hope it'll be off the charts. It I might do. rhyme with Billy or Hilly Bardaway. <laughs> so just so you know what's next
2: uh i don't even remember (laughs) you must you must maybe lose my mind with that that heart thing i'm laughing about a song i've never even heard
3: i literally i want us to go outside right now and sit in the same car and like (laughs) just crank it like and i just want to watch your face i'm like yeah pretty high hot and then boom it just hits you Oh God! It's amazing. Oh well, it, I'm gonna. Glory.
2: I'm going to uh, uh, sloppily. Are you there still? You sound like your I... bike exploded. Come back.
3: I'm here.
2: Um, I'm gonna sloppily transition back into a band around the same era, and that is Faster Pussycat. Did you ever own anything by them? Of course. Okay. What is your favorite album by them? Probably uh, Wake Me When It's Over. Fuck yeah. I listened to that about three months ago. Haven't heard it. That was one of them that I listened to all the time.
3: Love that song, Please Dear.
2: You like that song too? Mm Mm-hmm. It's all good. Like, All That's Good, that, and, um, you know, obviously... (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah i thought the first record was good it just it was good it had, had a couple silly moments and yeah just uh yes. this was a lot this was seemed to be more like what they were made to do well it, for one and then album. they stopped doing it yeah exactly yeah it was like Now are there like, like some like weird nazi vampires or something
2: i don't know what they are they're actually playing right down the street for me again and i was told by um they're playing here next to wednesday they played a bowling alley in the fine town of West Lafayette, Indiana, like, last year. And my a friend of the show, Rob, was like, uh, I'm not, not going to go there. And, like, it's like $5. It's like, I, no. Because their set list is... They play one... They play... Wait. They play one song off of uh, Wake Me When It's Over. And that's um, Slip, Slip of the Tongue.
3: Oh, really? They don't even do the, uh, the only hit they, they
2: had? They don't do Poison Ivy. They don't do... House of Pain, House of Pain um, it's just w- weird but anyway, the difference between I think album one and album two was huge it was kind of like you can see that they were just starting and they were kind of like a, I don't know, like a GNR baby they were good. it was good, but then the, the songwriting I love Wake Me When It's Over, I just think it's a solid album, I don't care, start to finish, I always listen to that uh, and it's it stuck, and very few albums that's one of the few albums that over time has not slowly died, like you listen to it and you're like uh, wasn't as good as I remembered it,
3: but I agree with that.
2: Yeah. So, but but
3: and I mean, man, whipped is the same way, right? <laughs>
2: pff, no. And that is the that is the album actually that I'm going to feature a song from, which is hard to find a good song on. That. Well, I do love um, <laughs> um, the train to no, last train to nowhere. I like that song a lot.
3: Actually, that's okay too. Yeah,
2: that's a good the opening track, and then it kind of just right after that, it's not very good. A big dictionary. Do you remember that song? Nope. The letters. It's almost like uh, read my body. It's the same thing. Like you love oh, so me. So it's f- awesome. You're right. It's like you love <laughs> me from my big dictionary. That's how the song goes.
0: I lick a lot of puss, people. <laughs> That's
2: right, people. What do you think my favorite word is in my big dictionary? Lick a lot of puss. <laughs>
3: Man, we are just pulling it all together. I'm telling so, you, it's
2: all—it's all coming around. It's full all circle. gold, Jerry. I think we're just gonna call rename this episode "Full Circle." What do you think?
3: Yeah, <laughs> let's do that. Yeah. Oh my God. So anyway, the part one, Full Circle. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: but so uh, on this album, though, you know, there are a few good songs on, like I, I just mentioned. But the one that I really like is the last song, and it's appropriately titled "Out with a Bang" because this is the last good song they ever fucking wrote. Because <laughs> <laughs> after this album, and this is an album that basically me and maybe you and some other people bought. I mean, this album, I think, did... I didn't buy it. Oh, okay. See, it, did, it didn't even go gold. I mean, it came out in 92. It got. It was part of the whatever grunge those, scene.
3: Those slimy kids from See? Seattle.
4: <laughs> they shot these guys dead because if it wasn't for those damn kids, those men... we would have made better music.
3: <laughs> yeah. So it,
2: it definitely did not... Uh... I don't care when this came out. I would have failed, but but it, and then they just kind of vanished. And then I finally um, I listened to the one. That we keep making jokes about it, but I mean their album titles are great though. <laughs> you, you know the uh, uh, the power and the glory hole. You know that's the name the name of one of their albums, correct? Yep. Okay,
3: yep.
2: that one I listened, tried listening to it. Eh. But anyway, this is the last what I consider the last great Faster Pussycat song off an album. That is not good. From 1992's Whipped, here's Out with a Bang. Faco by the power and the glory hole. Stick your hand <laughs> in there and get your next selection. Stick it deep. All
3: right. Yeah. Stick it in her deep for you lose.
0: All right. What you got? What you got?
3: I don't, what Ooh. I don't I don't know that you and I have ever talked about this band. They were definitely one of my favorites in the 80s. Uh, their first record came out in 84. This is their fourth in 89 it was released. Don't um, the
2: What's that? Bell, Bev DeVoe.
3: Oh, that's so close. You would not believe it. Uh, it's uh, It it's also can be used as an anagram. So, okay. um, Keep going. It, uh, it features Frankie Benali on drums, but he did not join the band. He just performed on the record because they didn't have a drummer at the time. Also, Johnny Rod from King Cobra joined at some point. I think maybe this might have been his first record with him. Any guesses?
2: So I'm taking it all in, so I'll make, I'll make sure I understand this. The hints are a guy from Quiet Riot, somebody from King Cobra. <laughs> it, didn't somebody have a sex change in that band?
3: Or no? Oh, uh, that was um, uh, fuck. Uh, let's keep moving. It's Jackie Anks was her, her sex change name.
2: Okay, but but I am right on that, right? Okay, because I've never heard different I've, band. I've, I think I've never anyway. heard any King Cobra song ever. So, what is the answer? Wasp. You know, wasp. I only until the last couple years. It's it's it, it's odd how some bands just just pass you by or you didn't even hear their music. Like I heard Blind in Texas for the first time maybe two three years ago. Really? And yeah. I mean, I just I don't know why I just didn't I didn't gravitate towards them. Blackie Lawless uh, and but. What's the, you know, I think what's their best album? What's their best album? If I was oh
3: boy, you know, I, I mean, I do like almost uh, the probably the first one, honestly. Yeah. Um, I I, I like Fuck uh, Like a Beast
0: or whatever. Oh, that's no. Nice. no,
3: that's like a that was like a European EP that was or like a two well, that was the, a European the song, single. Right? They they presented they pretended it was banned or something, oh, right. just to get some uh, pub. Anyway, uh, yeah, the, the first record, you know, what has got like I want to be somebody on it and. Um, Love machine, that kind of stuff.
2: I've heard that too. That's a good t- um, track too.
3: Yeah, and actually, what I really wanted to pick by them was a song they did a uh, um, kind of an industrial metal record uh, in the mid in the mid nineties, but it was just it was ninety seven. We didn't make our cutoff, and and you know how strict we are with rules when it comes to years. So. Yeah, you, could,
2: you definitely couldn't have uh, got that through uh, standard, no, no. standards uh, and
3: practices. Production would have shut it down. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> From nineteen, 19 ninety eight, I keep wanting to say. From nineteen eighty nine, Wasp released their, I don't know, pretty solid record, The Headless Children. And hold on, oh, hold did, on. You, did you ever that's, hear their? This that, okay.
2: was asked too. Is like, like that when that I, I remember that album, seeing it in the store, like Headless Children. That's marketable.
3: <laughs> well, Blackie was trying to go for more kind of a concept record. Did you hear the the cover of the Who song, The Real Me? No. Yeah, that's actually very good. Huh. And you know that I'm not a big fan of covers.
2: You are not, no.
3: So uh, that would be one that I would put in, uh, in the upper echelon. Okay. But uh, the last song on the record is called The Rebel in the FDG, and I don't know what the FDG stands, fucking degenerate generation or something like that. Okay. Anyway, it's fucking amazing, so you're welcome. <laughs> loose i gotta ask did you know that wasp stands for we are sexual perverts
2: i did not no is that actually the, the, the definition
3: well i think blackie might say something different now he found jesus somewhere along the, the way and stopped throwing meat into the crowd um <laughs> <laughs> but it also stands for white that's, that's actually that's actually what, what what oh
2: yeah, yeah 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 of course of course Right, that's, that's the... Uh, oh, but yeah,
3: point. that was their bit for a while. That's where there's a little period. We are,
2: we are sexual perverts. And by the way, usually it's... Hey, uh,
0: hey,
2: hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, throughout history, usually whenever somebody becomes a born-again Christian, it's right
3: after they stop throwing meat out into the crowd. <laughs> oh, spit take. <laughs> oh, you said that right as I was taking a drink. Oh, <laughs>
2: That's usually how it goes. There's there's different different transitions. It's like like that or... But that's usually where it is. It's like, I remember the day I found Jesus
4: was when I stopped throwing pork loins at, at row two and three. I just stood there holding a tenderloin in my hand
0: going, what am I doing with my life? I've got to turn it
4: around. I've got all this blood hanging on from this tenderloin.
0: You know the funny
3: thing is, I don't think he had like any addiction issues. So he, yeah. I think we might be onto something. Yeah,
2: that's what I'm saying.
3: He, he was addicted to throwing meat.
2: To- <laughs> <laughs> he just wakes up every day. I can't wait till my headlining set when I can just grasp into the cooler.
4: Pepper over these
2: This 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 fucking porterhouse is hitting that bastard in the second row.
0: <laughs> How you like that? Medium rare, bitch.
3: We gotta get to the next song. <laughs> I think we do. I think we beat that beat.
2: I wonder if you crust. threw chicken. <laughs> he did. It was kind of like that's what I'm saying. Is Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper throws chickens. He throws meat. He takes the next level. But anyway, all right. So You've got like a family pack
0: <laughs> <laughs> Take a breast. There's a little there's a thigh. <laughs> Have a
1: wing.
5: Oh, oh,
2: now what's next, man? Let's please okay, so we're gonna take it out of the uh the, the depths of uh insanity and back into something a little more upbeat. I'm gonna and this is one of them this is one of them newer bands from nineteen ninety-six. And that is a band I definitely have a love, hate, and uh what the fuck are they doing now uh, relationship with, and that is the band Weezer. You like any Weezer? You dig any Weezer definitely, at all?
3: Definitely, but yeah, they're kind of a yo-yo, aren't they?
2: Oh my god. The the uh the last one, um everything will be okay in the end was decent um like in uh, two years ago a couple good tracks on that one but it was a long stretch until until that album did you ever hear that
3: it was like two years ago or no I, okay. I, I haven't stayed real current with their their last couple of records so. and
2: you shouldn't and you shouldn't except for that particular one I'll have to uh, share I think you'll Okay. Like it, uh, the last album I really liked from them, and this is pretty much standard for almost all Weezer fans, <laughs> is you have Blue and you have Pinkerton. And on Pinkerton, did you own that, or do you own it? I do. Okay, there's one song that, that that first off, Pinkerton, the the nail in the coffin for them, and this this album, as you recall, was a complete bomb following you know, the Blue album, and it was that they released by far by far the worst song on that album which was uh, is his first single which was El Scorcho. Do you remember that fucking song? Uh,
3: that, was bum, that one bum, of the radio ones? Oh
2: yeah. It was very annoying terrible song because they thought hey this is kind of their record company made a terrible mistake. I can't stand that. I didn't even buy the album for like a year or two because I hated that song so much. The second single and I say it was a second single only because I looked it up before this episode that it was a single because I never heard this, is one of my favorite songs by them. Totally upbeat. Uh, Should have been the first single, and I think it would have been a total different um, success. Now, this this album is very uh, uh, loved uh, by Weezer fans. It wasn't very popular, but it has it's, its second...
3: It
6: it's,
2: almost
3: has that kind of elder status,
2: right? Where people kind of like, "God, that was a great fucking album," It just never, never hit. Um, it's halfway through the album, and should have been the first single. Do you have any idea? Do you, what? What the song? No, was gonna be? I'm not okay. a
3: Pinkerton expert.
2: <laughs> well, that's fine. But the the song is called Pinkerton. <laughs> no, there's no song called that. It's called "The Good Life."
6: Nobody nobody. Be-
3: good life loose
2: yes it is and my god have you had a good time this episode
3: oh my god my my, i'm starting to like ache in certain areas because uh
2: (laughs) from laughing yeah yeah
3: laughing and crying and you know sweaty anus yeah all this
2: stuff stuff. stuff. pretty much typical friday night for you so the the, (laughs) so i think it's your pick we're winding down this is definitely going to be a two-parter um i just finished my fifth pick and what is up next
4: back to the glory
0: oy. all right the whole of glory
3: all right <sighs> see here um this is definitely going to give billy hardaway a boner
1: Ugh.
3: go ahead in 1984 this arizona band released their self-titled debut record produced by mike varney who i think was like uh, what is he like one of those guys who did all, like all the Guitar player, instrumental records. Jim Varney? Uh, Mike Varney. <laughs> <laughs> no, not the Havern guy. <laughs> he wasn't a producer on the side. Yeah. Uh, they did two records, which was, uh, and uh, this is where I'll, I'll get really going a little bit. By far, their best singer was the singer on the first two records, a guy named Stephen Clifford. Um, He bailed after their second record, uh, Night of the Crime, which was produced by Eddie Kramer, and had an engineer by the name of soon-to-be super producer Ron Nevison. So, there's a little trivia for you. Do you know these guys at all? I Uh, haven't said the name of the band yet. uh, Is the band called Ernest? No, but it does have two syllables, so you're not too far off. Hmm. Continue. It's... It's the very forgettable name, Icon. And their self-titled record- Icon? Was called Icon. Okay. Um, It's a (laughs) lovely little track on side two, and it is called Rock and Roll Maniac.
2: Right, that was the band Icon with the song "Rock and Roll Maniac," produced by Jim Varney, best known for his role <laughs> as Ernest. He also provided the original voice of Slinky Dog in the first two stories. first two story. fuck! I'm gonna do that again.
3: Uh, I actually why?
2: It- why you don't want it? You don't, you don't want it. And also provided the original voice of Slinky Dog <laughs> in the first two two Toy Story
3: films. Oh, Any hey other- Vern. Yeah. Hey and you got through it that time. Nice I did, work. I did. What um you know, by what, the way, I should also mention that uh one of our well, I would he's kind of a beloved figure for us, right? Eddie Eddie Trunk? You oh, would yes. say, right? Yeah, he's like a Eddie cobra Trump. Eddie. He's Trump. an honorary co- cobra. Well, how could antiret. he not be? He
2: was he, he follows me around. Well at least it was in Florida. Every concert he's he's opening. He's opening, saying selling his books.
3: But Eddie Trunk, our friend, our close personal friend Eddie Trunk. Uh, he was the executive producer, and for people who don 't know what that means that means he didn 't do anything
2: <laughs> That's what, I was That's what it means It means either that they're around or that the
3: executive producer in movies means you gave them money uh, uh, A guy locally here from a band called Flip says um, uh, <laughs> you wouldn 't believe what people what people think they know because they have money." As far as like what they learned just because they get they, they gave you money, they now know how to produce a record. Glory box There we go, I got it. Alright, hold on. Oh, you're gonna like this one. Oh yeah. Well, if you uh, had MTV in the, I don't know, 93, or oh, this is the earlier net, we'll say right around 1990, but we'll, remember they had, like, two alternative uh, music shows, it was like uh, 120 Minutes, and there was another one, like, Alternative Nation or something like that? I, that remember, sound
2: right? I remember 120 Minutes that I watched zero minutes of, um, and then, I don't remember the other one, though,
3: no. Anyway, this, uh, you might have caught on that. It was never a hit. It, it was, I think, before all the grunge stuff. Uh, but do you know a guy named Matthew Sweet?
2: I am, this is the thing I love about doing this show, is I am impressed that you know him. There's like a couple songs I like by
3: him. Let's see if it's the one that, that I like. Go ahead. Yes. I, it's yeah. the title track of his 1991 song, Girlfriend.
2: Oh, you're playing Girlfriend. Mm-hmm. That's not a fucking deep
3: track. Oh, it is. How? What, I, mean, I can. Don't don't even get me going. It's not a fucking hit. Hit. How is it not a hit? That's the one song that people know by Matthew Sweet. What do you want? Sick of myself? That's a bigger hit than this. You think Sick of Look, Myself there, is there, bigger? There's other songs in this record I like, but I don't. I don't think they rock enough for the show. I like Holy War. I like Does She Talk? Uh, I'm
2: Go to my iTunes right now. There, there's. A yeah, deep you know right
3: I'm here. gonna go to, I got the fucking CD in front of me, you asshole. Just type in uh, Matthew. Divine Street. Intervention's okay. Yeah, this is all kind of Evangeline, kind of thoughtful, you know, singer-songwriter crap. And I like it. You think Sick of Myself is bigger? I think Sick of Myself is bigger. Like, really? I don't think either one of
2: songs people know. You're fucking kidding me. Girlfriend was all old with a radio.
3: Maybe in Evansville.
2: <laughs> West Lafayette is where I grew up. It's not the same thing.
3: Just no, north of Evansville, say, if I remember I'm right. Just busting your balls.
2: Probably in the scheme of things, not that big of a song. The fact that No, man,
3: not at all.
2: Yeah, well, okay. But yeah, Matthew Sweet is like a one one trick pony kind of. Because I, I remember I was when I first heard Girlfriend sick of myself, I was like, These are great fucking pop songs. I like the guitar tone, all this kind of stuff, but the rest of his stuff I could not really get into. What about you?
3: I like this record. Um
2: Girlfriend, but what about
3: besides this album though? Oh, nothing. Yeah. I mean, I like the song Sick of Myself and the, I'm Sick of the Rest of the Record.
2: That's that's what I'm trying to say. That those are the two songs. So, good pick though. All right. So, we're we're, we're kicking Girlfriend?
3: Yeah, Girlfriend.
2: And that was Baco's non deep track, but old. Boyfriend. Boyfriend? Oh, a girlfriend. Yes. By Matthew Sweet. Now, but I am impressed that that, 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 that shows that that artist kind of crept through. Because I, I, again, don't like any of his stuff really except for a select number <coughs> of tracks, and that's one of them. So good pick. Where the fuck Thank did you. you go? I'm right here. Sound like you went far away.
3: No, I threw a beer in the garbage. Okay. All right. I'm glad, glad you're a uh...
2: good sound effect. All right. So we are moving <laughs> moving forward. And, you know, I'm going to pick a band. I'm going to just see. I'm going to throw the name of the band out there and tell me if you've ever heard of them. Okay. Circle of Power.
3: Sure. Really? Yeah. What's, uh, fuck. God, they got a bald guy in the band.
2: I don't even know anything what they look. This was a uh, my roommate in college. Uh, he he basically had this CD. He's like, yeah, these guys are known as like Swamp Rock or whatever like that or some bullshit whatever PR that they were throwing out there. I'm like, I've never heard of them, but he put it on there and the whole album, eh, not that good. But the first track on it is called Motor and it fucking rocks. Fire.
0: He took me out
3: God damn, loose circuits of power and motor i can't wait to get that in post-production here
2: <laughs> what do you got what's next well
3: getting the glory box here
2: you've beaten this bit to death so
3: well of course i got it i i set the whole thing up we gotta write it out man. we do we do you could have done something you
2: know. i'm sorry i just have printed out pieces of paper that are organized and numbered so
3: okay you're gonna like this one i think um in 1994, this female mm. artist released her, I don't know, second or third record called Whip Smart. Do you know who I'm talking about? I think she's from Chicago. I like to call it the Windy City.
2: Whip Smart.
3: Or the Big Apple.
2: Is this Liz Fair? It's Liz Fair. The only reason I is this the one that was that was supposed to be like exile on Main Street?
3: No, no, this is after that. Exile and Guyville was uh, the, the record before this.
2: Well, hopefully this is better than that one because I, based on hype and fucking whatever magazines I was reading at the time, was like, this is awesome. There's a song called Blowjob Queen. And I was like, this girl's fucking great if she's got a song called Blowjob Queen. So mm-hmm. I think I got, I got that. Uh, either, it, maybe it wasn't a song, but it had that lyric. And I got it. Did you have Exile and Guyville?
3: I do, yeah. I like it? Do you it.
2: like it? Mm-hmm. I couldn't get into it. Is this one different or the same style?
3: This, um, it's 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 closer to the same style than uh, where she ended up going. Did you hear her like early two thousand stuff where she tried to turn into almost like a yes singer-songwriting version of Britney Spears or yeah, something it was like that? Bizarre, right?
2: Because she was she yeah. was, she was pretty hot. So then they all like uh, made her. Yeah, um, not think she was hot. At, well, okay, they took what 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 she had. They made
3: her hot as she could be made. That's what I mean. But but
2: they took. Because uh, she always had like a sexiness about her, though. But then they made her more pop. The,
3: and the other reason I know about that is like, I'm, I, like that was right when I started dating my my current wife, mm-hmm. and she bought it, and, I, and I'm like, you you bought Liz Fair, and I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And then she played it for me. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, this is Liz Fair to me. And so <laughs> I. I you know, I played these 10-year-old records for her, and she doesn't like those, but she likes the poppy version.
0: Gotcha.
3: Uh, but yeah, there's a, uh, the song I'm going to play is the first song I ever heard from her. And I heard it on the radio, and I loved it, and I went out to buy it, and the record wasn't out yet, so I bought Exile in Guyville. And I ended up liking that a lot, too, but this song is a much more polished, rock and roll kind of, I don't know, upbeat version of whatever Liz Fair is. The song's called Supernova.
2: people. Hope you've enjoyed the ride. Baco and I will be back with part three of the
0: Old oh, and Deep Trilogy.
2: So, we will be covering exciting important news such as the new Dio hologram, Bobby Blotzer's rat, whatever formation that looks like the week it was recorded, and other exciting news you need to know. So, is going to pick one to play us out, and that is The Melvins, with the track Honeysuckle. And remember, kids,
0: rock's not dead. It's hiding. And drunk. Confused. Disorderly. Or something like that. Goodbye. <laughs>